Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Addicts Fantasy Football Podcast. We are streaming live on Twitch. We'll do it live! I am your host, Mike the Fantasy Addict, joined by co-host Nikki B. That's me. And today, you are entering the Fantasy Court. Man, oh man, oh man. This is Judge Judy. (laughs) Where we will be judging Judy later in the episode. So, Jerry Judy is on trial along with uh, a couple others. So before we get to that, we'll do a little just quick nudes, news and uh, notes from around the Wait, league. Wait, did you say nudes? Nudes, nudes, nudes. I'm, I'm interested. Nudes and I'm nudes. Interested with the news. That would be news. All right, what you got? All right, first one uh, from our Chicago Bears. Little David Montgomery hype. Uh, sounds like Nagy wants to get him 20, uh, 20 touches a game. Did you read the article? It said when they're leading, they'd like to get him more touches. Wow, that's going to be all the like time three with three games. New star quarterback Justin Fields at the helm. Stop. Um, it's just not hype. Anyways, it's not a thing. Yeah, just one of those things. I tend to agree with Nick. I think that it's kind of that coach speak. Like, yeah, just trying to hype up David. Um, interesting that you haven't heard major news about any of the other running backs. Damian Williams did come in, former Kansas City Chief. Um, and the other one that you did hear a little bit was Tariq Cohen. Sounds like maybe the, uh, the leg won't be ready to go right away, like some people are thinking, which is fine with me. You want to know why? Cohen sucks. Just Cohen sucks. Uh, <laughs> man, so that's a little bit of the Bears news that's coming out. The, the reason is because everybody's so focused on the quarterback competition. And, again, the running game besides last year where Montgomery had a, a really good stretch to kind of save the season, they haven't been very good. They've been lackluster, uh, especially behind the not-so-good line. So I think there's a lot to prove for the Bears before we can get excited about Montgomery or any running back on the team. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Uh, Tevin Jenkins' new rookie, hopefully he can kind of bolster that line. Some of the other guys are starting to gel a little bit at the end of the year. So hopefully they can uh, build on the success that they had in the running game at the end of last year, although it was against weaker competition. But all those teams are still NFL teams. That is true. Um, here's one that you might not have heard. So this is not one that came through on a lot of the more kind of mainstream news tickers. Um, guy that I liked, rookie going into the NFL draft that I was excited about, Tamarion Terry. Um, in prison. So I don't know if that's <laughs> the, the what I saw was indicted on murder charges yes. uh, with yes. a number of other people. So we'll see, see how that. that shakes out. He was released by the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So in your rookie drafts, if you don't know, now you know. Stay away from He went Tamarion. undrafted in the NFL draft. I don't see yeah, him. Yeah, that was already already a red flag. There were a couple shows I like to watch where they were kind of saying, you know, as a sleeper, if DK, something happened to him, he's like, you know, a big-bodied receiver that could maybe kind of get some work, uh, try and take on some of that. But that does not seem to be the case as of now. So pretty full full fade on Tamarion. Murder, that, that's not a good one to be even accused of. Not, not great. <laughs> Innocent until proven guilty. But, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's trouble. Great. So being released, not on the team right now. Um, but it was him and like a whole group of people. Yeah. So, so he might have just watched, <laughs> which also isn't awesome. But it's still accessory. Yeah, it's not. It's not great, Bob. Uh, so Tamarion, we hardly knew you. Uh, good luck with all yeah. that you got going just on. Just like that. Oof. All right. Next. Next that we got. Uh, as far as news, anything else? That's, that was one that just I saw. It. I was like, oh man. My guy. Yeah. I mean, we saw Brady take a jab at uh, Rogers when they did. Oh, yeah. The Give us a little, little rundown interview. on the golf. I can't the... remember the exact quote, but Hopefully basically. Hopefully Pocket has watched it by now and he doesn't have to mute the channel. He basically did like a Jeopardy quote and was like, you know, who is not happy with their ownership and complaining about everything? It's like, and who is Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. The vibe you're getting off of Rodgers, though, like it still kind of feels like, yeah, he's just enjoying it and he'll show up. But yeah. I have a feeling uh, he'll be back shortly. We'll see about it. Maybe not. Maybe just runs off into retirement. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! 
we get know what new sensation options. Blake the Snake Bortles. Do you want to go to war, Balaki? Anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, Eli, what is going on? So close to that foul. Yeah, happy to see Yeah, you. We're, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, it's slow actually and steady. 229, so the, the tracker is just a yep. little behind. Off season, just a slow crawl, trying to keep the show going just for all the people yep. that subscribed. I'm uh, surprised we're still here. Oh, hey, not only here, <laughs> but ready to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, tonight, the players that we'll be talking about, let's go ahead and just throw them out there. What? You don't want to go one by one? Uh, let's, let's give them the all rundown right. of all the players all we're right. going to be touching on. So... For me, I will be defending uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, rookie tight end for Atlanta, Ronald Jones, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brandon Cooks, wide receiver for the Houston Texans, and Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And on the other side, Nikolai has... Who is it? A.J. Brown, who he will be defending, Joe Mixon, and also the other two rookie for the 49ers, Trey Sermon. And the last one, the man you all wanted to hear about when you go into a courtroom, you got to have Judge Judy. This is Judge Judy. Jerry Judy. So I hate that we found an episode where you can use that drop. 15 more times. Get comfortable. Don't That's like that at all. Why we decided to do this episode. Um, so just a little kind of disclaimer before we go in. These are not necessarily guys that each of us, you know, loves or hate. We are just kind of making the case for and against. So some of these guys, I think there's a lot of controversy on these guys, or at least a lot of conversation on, you know, what's going to happen this year specifically. Because there's there's a lot that can go wrong or right for, for all these guys. Yep. So we'll kind of just put out the arguments that are out there, and then you can judge for yourself, see what you think. Uh, let us know in the comments if you're catching us on YouTube uh, who you felt won. Who was better at lawyerings and such? You'll notice I have notes. Nick has none. So, good start, Mike. It's all up here. <laughs> Objection. Your guys are all terrible. Mine are all good. I, mean, I knew. I said, please come up with a few it's arguments. Really maybe, is maybe a stat other than he's terrible. Nobody likes yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what Nick's got. I, I got a, I, I got a couple stats. I, I, all right. I, I got them to so write the old almost. noggin. Yeah. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I may have some stuff on my phone, too. All we'll right, see. there you go. That's we'll what see. we need. So just the level of preparation for this episode. Eli, I'm about that. Top nine. have to share some of that pizza. All right, so we're going to jump into it, all right? Let's go ahead. Uh, first one I want to talk about, let's just start it off hot with Kyle Pitts. So tight end for the Atlanta Falcons. I'll give uh, a little bit of the case for, and then we'll get Nikki's rebuttal. Are we timing this, or uh, are you just going just I got freewheeling? 38 minutes on Pitts alone, and then really? about... 90 minutes on Cooks, Juju, and Rojo separately. Uh, <laughs> Good, I don't even have to talk then. Yeah, so here we go. Kyle Pitts, yep. um, first thing, the NFL draft capital, it's top notch. She goes at the 1-4, the fourth pick in the NFL draft. Uh, highest at a tight end is, is tied for first, or is it the actual highest at a tight end ever been drafted in the NFL draft? I don't know if it's the first, but it's pretty close. Um so right now, as far as fantasy drafts for redraft, um, these all of the um, places that the players are going, we got a rough idea from fantasy pros as to their average draft position as of today. And he is going as the tight end six, six tight end off the board at pick 73. So in the sixth round, um, a little bit of just kind of the stats from his pro day and measurements. He I just want to go ahead. Sorry, Tim, quick timeout. Jump in. We talking more redraft dynasty. What, like, what are we really going to focus on here? So for today's episode, we're going to talk redraft. Um, so again, all of the um, average draft positions that we have right now, or for this year's redraft as it sits right now. But we will make a couple notes as to like, um, so Juju. I have a little bit more love for him in dynasty than maybe redraft this current year. Okay, um, but we'll kind of try and 
show you both sides of that and just put it out there because I think it's more useful that way. I'm going to do it. All right. So Pitts runs a 44940 um, at the size of he's 6'6", 245 pounds. It's, it's a great size, good height, good speed at that size. It's very impressive. Wingspan, 33 and a half inches, like the largest wingspan, I believe, at this combine. Just giant arms to, to haul in the ball. Um, and he goes to the Falcons. So one of the things that just happened to the Falcons, maybe you heard Julio Jones, staple of the Atlanta offense, is moving on to Tennessee. Julio this past year, he was injured. He missed some time, didn't finish great, and still had 68 targets. So that's 68 targets that are vacated by Julio. What is a more interesting stat as far as targets, Hayden Hurst, the starting tight end for Atlanta last year, 88 targets, which is, I want to say he was about fifth or sixth most for a tight end. Newsflash, Hayden Hurst will not get those targets this year, and a good chunk of, maybe not all, uh, are going to new cut tight end Kyle Pitts. So, Hold on, Sogo. Welcome in. Let's say you take you know roughly 70 for Julio and 80 for Hurst. I'm not predicting that uh, Pitts is going to get all those targets, but I did look up uh, the top tight ends for finishes last year were Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. They were both tied for 145 targets. I think 145 targets is not outside the realm of possibilities for Kyle Pitts this year. And if you get the targets as a tight end with a guy with his talent who can catch, you're going to be up there. So I'm not predicting that Kyle Pitts is going to come in in this first year, beat out um, Waller and Kittle and also Kelsey. However, right now with him going in the sixth round of your draft, if you can get a tight end that will be within five to 10 points of those top three guys in the sixth round, you can pick up two good running backs, two good wide receivers, and a stud tight end uh, where he will negate that positional advantage for those other teams that do have those top guys at the tight end position. couple little last points before I pass it over to Nick. Falcons still have a bad defense. Going to need to throw the ball. Going to need to put up points. Have bad running backs. Maybe, you know, tied for the probably the bottom three running back cores in the NFL right now, unless you believe in Mike Davis, which I don't. So they're not going to be pounding the rock. Um, Atlanta had the fourth most pass attempts last year in 2020. And the only other guy to throw it to is Calvin Ridley. Maybe you like Gage a little bit. Maybe you like Zacchaeus, but it's Ridley. It's Pitts. It's very similar to Kansas City where the number two wide receiver on the team is going to be the tight end, similar to Kelsey. And I think I'm coming around to people. Some of the experts are saying, hi, he's going too high. People are going to reach. But, man, if you can get him even in the fifth round, I think that Kyle Pitts, if he pans out and he is all that you hope he can be, uh, could be that guy who really shores up that tight end position and could help lead you to a fantasy championship. Um, do you have his ADP right now? I have it handy, I believe. The one that I had was him at pick 73, the sixth tight end off the board. So that is in the sixth round, like the start of the sixth round when I did a mock draft today. He was the first pick in the sixth round. If I could get him in the sixth, in pocket. I'd be excited. Um, okay. Here, <laughs> Pocket says injury prone. Yeah. He hasn't Already. even played yet. Already. It's the Falcons. <laughs> They're all injury prone. Um, here, here's the thing. Are, are, can you deny that bright, shiny, new tight end pieces drafted highly produce right away in the NFL? Sustained. They, they, they just don't produce right away. And sometimes not even at all. If you look at the top guys right now, Kelsey, later round pick. Um, who else we got? Waller. Like sixth round in pick. the NFL draft. In the NFL draft, correct. All, all these guys showed up later in the draft, and it's. I, I think the NFL does really well with like blocking tight ends and you know positional tight ends, but they don't ha- do well with like scoring, catching, like actual receiving tight ends. So um, I think the biggest knock is 
I just don't think he's going to be that good, especially this year. I mean, to come out and be – I mean, we're essentially drafting him that high as a top three tight end, right? Top three, top four You're hoping end. he can get close to – being with those top three guys, if you're picking them in that spot. So if we're looking at uh, if we're looking at last year's numbers here, let me pull them back up. But also, you're banking on if you take him there, him doing better than Hawkinson, him doing better than. Um, but here's the thing: is he gonna have the same Andrews. year that Kelsey or Waller had? Kelsey and Waller in half point PPR last year had 260 and 225 points respectively, and Kittle would have been up there too if he would have been healthy for all all the games. Um, I just don't think he's going to achieve those numbers, especially year one. I mean, Kelsey is an absolute stud. Waller is the number one receiving option on this team. And we got a brand new tight end coming in for his first season. And we're already, already going to put him up with those guys. I mean, we got Hawkinson on the list from last year at tight end number four. That sounds great, right? He only had 140 points. I mean, that's 120 points behind number one Kelsey. Well, Hawkinson at 140 points versus the number 12 tight end Noah Font was 118. So we're only talking about 20 points difference over the whole season. So unless you believe that Pitts is going to be in that upper echelon in the top three over 200 point scores, he's just not worth taking at his current ADP. I mean, even at tight end six, you're still better off going with a different receiver or running back depth piece or starting flex or whatever than taking the risk on Pitts, especially year run one in, in redraft. If, if you're talking dynasty and you want to take him high, especially in this draft class, I don't think it's the worst. Like, I understand the pick. But, I mean, if we're just going through, you know, historical tight ends, right, that went early. Uh, Jeremy Shockey in uh, 2002, 114, uh, two top five finishes, and that's it. Uh, let's see here. Top, Kellen Winslow. Do you remember Kellen Winslow? I think he was on the Bears. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> uh, five top 12 finishes and only two in the top five. Uh, let's see. And that's in his whole career. Vernon Davis, 1-6. He had a couple high finishes and nothing else after that. Greg Olson at 131. That's really your, your, your best case scenario is Greg Olson. He was phenomenal. Um, O.J. Howard, 119. What's O.J. Howard done? Nothing. Tyler Eifert, 121. O.J. gets hurt a lot. Nothing. <laughs> David Njoku, Hayden Hurst. Uh, I mean, it's Evan Ingram hasn't done anything since his really his rookie or sophomore year. David Njoku uh, at 129. I mean, it, Eric Ebron, 110. It's just these these tight ends, especially high tight ends, just they don't seem to pan out. They just don't seem to pan out. So I, I'm not taking the risk on, uh, on taking pits here just because the tight end position is so top-heavy that if you can't get the top three, you might as well get the 12th or the 13th or whatever. It, it really doesn't matter. It's within the range of you know, deniability with, with outcomes yeah. for the season. My other argument for Pitts is just even his floor, I think, is very high. So last year, the tight end six was Logan Thomas, Mike Gusecki, Rob Gronkowski, Hayden Hurst. Right after that, he's going to blow those guys out of the water, I think. Uh, but so. I, I don't get it. I mean, we, we liked Tanyan all year last year. He was pretty solid. He played 16 games, 150 points. Like, it, between him and Noah Fana at 12, uh, it's only a 30-point difference. We're talking two points a week. You know, it, it's... It's menial. There's no difference in it. I don't know why you'd waste a pick that high when you can grab some other quality players like, um, let's see, who else is going in that 70 range? You can take T. Higgins. You can take Cortland Sutton. You can take um, DJ Shark if you want him. Devontae Smith. Uh, Claypool's in the realm there. Raheem Moser, if you believe in him. T. Higgins, Melvin Gordon. Like, there's still quality players in this area that you don't have to blow it on a tight end. You can just take a tight end way later on. 
Yeah, my fear is that he will creep up as we get closer to drafting, and when you're actually having your draft, he'll be in the fourth round. But if I can get him late fifth, early sixth. Yeah, I'm going to get one. He, the thing show. is, you're, you're, you're drafting him I'm at his ceiling, and we haven't <laughs> even seen him play. You're taking a big risk for very little I benefit. think the floor is safe just because of the target. The floor is a top 12. Who cares? Yeah, uh, the floor is A lot of people be can six. be top 12. Oh, top six is fine. Even if he's the, the fifth tight end, he's still n- almost – no difference you, to the 12 for him to pay off taking him early you need him to be up with those top three exactly guys. he has he has to perform elite he has to come in and be elite and Drafted that's just not how great. tight ends work um all right warren won me a, or yeah uh waller won me a league last oh, year we got he greg definitely in the chat. won a, a lot also i think gage will be awesome at atlanta kind of like ridley last year i'm curious to see how it all pans out i, I think don't it's think, not going to be his. I don't think Gage will touch Ridley last year, but I think he will be usable. I think I'd put him more in like, oh man, who's a good like wide receiver too who was solid for? Like maybe Corey Davis last year. Like I think that's maybe more the ceiling. Yeah, maybe Beasley. The Beasleys. Uh, uh, Mike Davis could have some Devontae Freeman workload with catches and rushing attempts this year. I just don't think Mike Davis makes it through a full workload. Um, he, Mike Davis is the perfect guy you draft late and trade him in the first two weeks when he has a couple of good weeks back-to-back. I would agree with Nick. I think especially if you are if you don't need him to compete specifically, you know, maybe he's the only guy you got and you're going to try to ride it out for a year. But right. um, it'll, the, the highest chance you will have to sell him high will be this year, probably early in the year. I just don't like drafting guys at their ceiling, and that's essentially what you're going to do with, with Pitts. Uh, lots of screens and outside tosses. That's how you get around a bad old line. Yeah, but I, I don't know if Mike Davis is that guy. I know he did it a little bit last year, but uh, he's more just a downhill, just get her done kind of dude. I, I just don't see him being, you know, nimble out there and breaking tackles and getting, you know, outside the edge. I just don't he see He was it. serviceable last year, but he Atlanta, was. they don't have a great rushing offensive line. Uh, I think they want to throw the ball. And, yeah, we'll see how Mike Davis goes. He's definitely interesting. He is worth – he will definitely be rostered. Um there are other running backs that I like more. Banjo, so. welcome in. I still think uh, Hurts will be around more than Pitts fans want. Hurts wasn't terrible last year. He would That's just was a good argument for. So, hey, thank you for doing Nick's job for him. Uh, but Hayden Hurst was a first round, t- first round in the NFL tight end. He went later in the first round when he was drafted. He's been in the league a couple of years to develop. Had a decent year last year. Um, they did trade for him last year, so... Hayden Hurst, if anybody could uh, screw up the Pitts plan, it would probably be Hayden. Uh, you can get uh, Gronk or Evan Ingram at, like, the 10th round. By the Evan way. Ingram had a lot of targets last year. I want to say he had, like, the fourth most targets for tight ends, fourth or fifth. But I, he's I worry good. about the them bringing in more uh, receiving options and that taking away from his targets. All right, next. All right, we're going to ha- go ahead and let you make the case for now. We'll alternate. So make Ooh. the case for I – I gave you a couple easy ones that I think that uh, you'll enjoy. So – A.J. Brown. Why is A.J. Brown going to be as good as everybody thinks? Ooh, this is the best one. There you go. Um, I, I've mentioned it here before. Yards per route run. That's the most relatable stat year after year. Yipper. Touchdowns are unreliable. I mean, total pass attempts that can, like, fluctuate a ton. And situations change a ton. But what, what doesn't fluctuate all that often and is pretty consistent is yards per route run. And... The, the stat is here, I, I actually do have a, a couple stats here. Um, Blake Jarwin, yeah, the report so far, I believe he is going to be ready for the year. Um, this is Fantasy Pro's uh, little art article that they oh, wrote. Fuck but, it. Uh, he's, uh, he's already reading my mind. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, all right, so this is number of wide receivers with at least one wide receiver one season and 250 routes run during their rookie year 
um, with at least 20 targets on the season. So guys that are out there a ton getting targets, you know, and uh, let's see the rookie season yards per route run. The metric is kind of two. If you can get over two yards per route run, that's kind of in that elite echelon. So uh, in this study that they had, 11 out of 12 players had at least one or more wide receiver one seasons when the rookie year they had over two yards per route run. That's and pretty neat. AJ Brown, year one, 2.66. That's like Julio numbers. That's up there with, with the greats. Uh, guess what? Last year, 2.6. It's the same thing again. He is an elite pass catcher. He does it e- efficiently. And I don't know what else there is to know. I mean, he's a young guy. Yes, he's got a little bit of injury history, but with how efficient he is, that offense adding Julio to the mix and maybe giving him a little bit more uh, room to run, I, I don't see how he is not at least in the top five to eight wide receivers. I, I just don't know. I don't know what the argument is here because A.J. Brown is number 22 at wide receiver seven. I mean, that's that's almost the floor, I think, for A.J. Brown, especially in that offense with Tannehill launching the ball every time. I like it a lot. All right. So Yards I think you make a good run. case. So AJ Brown, a lot of people are really excited for him. So I'm just going to give you a, maybe a slight reason to reconsider, pump the brakes, or just glance at those other wide receivers and see if you can get a better value. Um, one big concern for me is the Titans were 30th in pass attempts last year. They've got Henry. They want to run the ball. They want to pound the rock a million times. Um, they're run first offense. So and he still had a in 2020 he had 106 targets so that's a little bit lower on targets and he really kind of made his uh made his money on efficiency so one thing that is a concern for the targets is julio jones comes in so Corey davis did vacate 92 targets so that's a pretty good chunk but i do believe that julio will command more targets than Corey davis did on a team that doesn't have a lot of passing work if julio eats into him and even takes away you know 20 you know if he gets 20 less passes thrown to him last year and he's less efficient it's just a little bit of concern um he had 11 touchdowns last year and a lot of those touchdowns were him making it happen like he just that touch touchdown regression is something that we always want to be a little bit worried about um but he is one of those guys that just has an elite ability to get into the end zone but some of those games where if he didn't get that touchdown it would have hurt you for fantasy weeks coming off of a double knee surgery sounds like it was a cleanup but uh that's just a concern. So if you're going to take a guy with your, you know, in the first, second round of your NFL draft, might want to pass on the guy who just had the knee surgery. So it'd be worth watching him in the preseason uh, as he goes through the rookie camp. Still high on CMC? Yeah. Okay. I did, I didn't, didn't have know. surgeries, did he? Uh, he did. He did. Uh, fake news. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Right. All right. So last knee. year he finishes the wide receiver eight. He's going as the wide receiver six going into this next year. So uh, you got to take him in the second round. And it's just, I like, I like EJ Brown. I just don't know that he's going to hit the ceiling that everybody is projecting. I think the hype got a little out of control before Julio came in. It died down a little with Julio. And now the more people are looking at it, I just think that, Wide receiver six, I think he's going to have a, a lower finish than that. But your argument is he's on a low-passing, low-volume offense. But he's been on a low-passing, low-volume offense. He still has two top 15 finishes and one top eight. Like I, I understand why that's cause for concern if you're going into that situation. If he was being moved to Tennessee, which was low in passing attempts, I understand that. Like I understand the concern for Julio going into that offense with, their, with not a ton of targets. But I don't understand if he's already – proven it twice back to back to be elite in that scheme with the same quarterback with low volume. I, I don't know why we're all of a sudden 
hating on them because of that. Yeah, the worry would be that you've seen two ceiling years in a row, and now you know his with, rookie with and the year and Julio, maybe you're going to see more of a floor year than in the past two years. Again, it's just uh, just making the case, just making the argument. Yards per route run. I like AJ if, too. If, if you're over two, if you're over two, the chance of you having three or more wide receiver one seasons is like. 90%. And just from a, a draft strategy for fantasy football, if you're taking him in the second round, you're going to miss out on that second elite running back. And a lot of the drafts I've been doing, I've liked going running back, running back, because the talented uh, workhorse running backs dry up quickly. I'm, um, I'm pretty close in agreement yeah, there. Don't right? hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying A.J. Brown's a bum. He's been very good. Um, I just have a couple little little concerns where, you know, maybe I'm looking. I like some other guys that are going to get guaranteed volume, uh, that don't have a guy like Julio coming in. Uh, Keenan Allen I like. Allen Robinson might finally be the year that I kind of am, am looking at him. Some of those teams where the guys don't have very much competition from a second wide receiver. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where we're at with A.J. Brown. Um, let's see. A.J. Brown, two Mickey Mantle knees. I get it. Tennessee will be thrown to Skippy Magoo and Stinky McGee by week eight. I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> A.J. Brown over Cooper Cup draft value? No. Easy over Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Uh, by, yeah, by, by a, a ton. So I don't know if this pot, if this question is framed as in like considering where they're going in the draft. Would you rather wait and get Cooper Cup in like the fifth round than AJ Brown in the second round? I would not. Uh, I'm not huge on Cooper Cup. I'm a little tentative about the well, Rams I just as a like whole how for passing. Pocket blast AJ Brown for his Mickey Mantle's, but Cooper Cup Cooper has Cup. Mickey Mantle's and is like seven years older. He's than, fine. Than AJ get, Brown. Yes, he's got the injury prone up. The, the <laughs> emote. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Who's right, next? We're going to jump back into mine. And uh, next one, I'm going to go with a running back, Ronald Jones. Guy I picked up off of the waivers after he was having a terrible rookie year. Running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And right now, in average draft position, Ronald Jones is going as the running back 32 off the board. The 78th pick in a draft. Uh, that's the sixth round. So, sixth or seventh round, if you can grab Rojo especially if you went wide receiver to start the draft in those early rounds and you're looking for a running back. In 2020, he was the running back 16. He had 192 rush attempts for 972 yards. Um, that is a low number of rush attempts if you go through the list compared to the other running backs that were in that same strata of um, production. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry and had seven touchdowns. 5.1 yards per carry in the NFL is very good. He is running behind uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line, who is returning all of their starters. Um, PFF, so that is um, fantasy focus. They had Tampa Bay ranked as the fifth best offensive line going into this upcoming year. Um, people, the argument you'll hear is that Rojo doesn't catch. They don't throw it to him. He actually had 28 receptions on 42 targets last year, which was more receptions than Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake, which surprised me when I was diving into it. Uh, he had 165 receiving yards. Um, there's low competition there. So Leonard Fournette, he came on in the playoffs, but all through this regular season last year, Leonard wasn't good. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars actually released him. I don't think that he's going to be able to take the job. Uh, the other guy they brought in, Gio Bernard, that's not a guy you bring in to be the guy and take a million carries. He's going to be involved in the passing game a little bit, but Gio, I think, I think as the year goes on, they're going to realize he's not the guy. They don't give him a lot of work. Uh, so the competition's not there. Rojo, I think he's finally starting to win over Bruce Arians. Arians, one of the things with Rojo is he'd have a good game, come in another game, drop a pass, fumble a ball, get benched for the game, and that would hurt you. However, I think Arians finally realizes that he's a good running back, and he gave him a little bit more leash as he started to move through the end of the season. He had one game where he fumbled, and he got back in the game and continued to produce. 
Um, if you look up, this is just a side note, but if you look up the Tampa Bay highlights from their last season, he's got like the top four highlights that are just really impressive looking runs. So he passes the eye test. Um, he's on a good offense. They also have a good defense. So if they can get up, they can pound the ball with him. He's more of the run out the clock guy. Um, I just like a lot of things with Ronald Jones, especially where he's going. I'm not saying take him in the first three rounds of your draft, but if you can get him in the sixth or seventh round as a running back, even if you just have him as your third running back, I like Rojo a lot for this year, and hopefully he can pull it all together and finally just achieve what I've hoped he can. If Here's the thing. I actually don't hate Ronald Jones for this year. What? I know. <laughs> well, it's it, shocking Like you me. mentioned, where he's been drafted. He's, he was being drafted as... RB32. Oh, I like that. He's got to outperform that ADP. My main concern with Ronald Jones, like Pocket says in the chat here, does uh, Mike trust Bruce Arians not to bench Rojo after a fumble? Like, I think that's, I know you mentioned that you think he's he's given him more rope. Like, Bruce Arians hates rookies. Can we all agree on that? Um, Keyshawn Vaughn is an afterthought. He's just going to be on special teams. Um, I, I just don't know if I buy into that. I, I think if he does Uh-oh. fumble or if it does make a mistake, he now might Now Pocket's speaking your language in yeah, the chat. Exactly. He's just pandering to Nick. Yeah. He says, uh, biggest sleeper Bring on Tampa on. Bay is Antonio Brown. We are not discussing Antonio tonight. We are not because uh, we already know he's going to be great. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem with Rojo is consistency. Uh, let's go through his point totals. Uh, 8, 9, 7, 13, 12 and a half, 24, 10, 3, 2, 24, 2. 16, 14. Like, it's just... It's coming together a little bit at the end of the year. And then he... So this is also worth noting. Um, so he finished, what I say, the running back 16. He missed a couple games at the end of the year. It was starting to come together. He had the finger break. He had COVID. I think that if he hadn't had that finger break in the COVID, he would have really shown out at the end of the year. Uh, in the playoffs, he was about two yards short of having a touchdown in the playoffs that would have shot his ADP up. There have been a lot of things where it was this close to him getting the hype and really being shot up boards for this draft that just didn't quite come together if you were paying attention for this reason or that. And I think it's held him down into a place where he's very affordable. Well, another thing, too, is they play the hardest schedule of the season. So I don't think that is 100% correct. For running backs, we could check into that. But well, I mean, the team in general plays the hardest hardest schedule. So hardest we did get schedule. we split with a buddy the ultimate draft kit, and it's got kind of the running back schedule. So um, we can look into that later. But I thought that Tampa actually had a pretty soft schedule. Maybe I'm um, incorrect, but they had a, they were they won the Super Bowl, so it makes sense that they have a a challenging schedule. That's not what I meant to type. But yeah, Rojo. If, if this isn't the year, like, he's going to be a free agent after this year if he doesn't re-sign with Tampa Bay. So that would be interesting as far as Dynasty. Um, he's a guy who might be cheap enough that he gets a second contract somewhere, but he probably won't be the lead guy. Uh, well, I, I think Fournette is still a cause for concern. He's, Fournette's solid. I mean, he's not terrible. Fournette was bad in the regular season, didn't take away a lot of work, and then in the playoffs did have some if, good If it run. was anybody else. Playoff Lenny, huh? I think Fournette's a lot play, a lot better player than Ronald Jones, but he's got no mental attitude. He doesn't seem like he wants to play football. And honestly, I don't think he'll be on the team by like weeks. Yeah, six. Arians has basically said like, if you don't like it, leave. Get out. Yeah. So, which is, I think why they brought in Giovanni Bernard and a couple other guys. Like I, I don't think Leonard Fournette's a long-term play here for them. So I, I think Ronald Jones could get more work as the year goes. I don't hate Ronald Jones for this year. I probably won't be taking him anywhere, um, but I think he will outperform his ADP. I'm just worried about the consistency. And if, if, Bruce Arians doesn't like him for a couple weeks. He'll just bench him for a couple weeks, and then, you know, you're not in good shape then. Uh, Tampa Bay leaned on Fournette late in the season. They did. Tampa Bay was kind of like a – or Fournette was kind of like a grinder for them. 
Um, yeah. But again, Ronald Jones, when given the opportunity, he's always done pretty well with it. I don't feel like he's, I feel like he's been decent when he gets the right amount of touches, 15 to 20 touches. Yeah, he is a solid running back where it's been a bit of a curse where he'll start, you'll start to see it, it's happening, here's the break, and oh, and a fumble. Right? Oh, you'll start to see it. I think he only had two fumbles last year, actually. You start to see it, ah, COVID. Like, okay, now it's going to, oh, I broke his finger. Like, it just keeps almost being there. And I'm um, hoping this is the year. Banjo, I can't worry about Gio right now. I, I mean, if Gio was that good, he would have started somewhere else or started for the Bengals. He couldn't get the job anywhere. Only win injuries. So I, I'm not too worried about Gio, no. All right, so that's it for Ronald. Uh, we're going to go ahead, and the next one on the list, Nick will be making the case for why Joe Mixon's going to be a stud this year. We're on to Cincinnati. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. Joe, smoking Joe Mixon. All right. Joe Mixon, let's go over the stats here real quick. So, uh, last year hurt for most of the year. It's 10 games. Yes, correct. Years prior, uh, played in 16 games, 1,100 yards rushing, five touchdowns. The year before, almost 1,200 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, played 14 games. Like, he's shown the ability to perform. He got the new contract, I'm pretty sure. So, like, they're committed to him. They love to give one running back the ball. My whole argument is volume, volume, volume. Even last year in the games he played, he had, I think, averaged 21 touches per game uh, and did really well with them, honestly. He had four out of five boom weeks, and then he got hurt. So uh, I really like Mixon again this year. And really, for his age, he's still only 24. And where's his ADP at? I want to check here. I got it for you. So Joe Mixon is... Um Running back 12 off the board, going at pick 18. So you got to take him in the second round. Yes, but still, I mean, you're getting a very quality running back pretty late when, you know, more unproven guys like Cam Akers, Najee Harris. I mean, there's less proven guys going off before J.K. Dobbins that I, I'd feel much comfortable with mixing over, over those guys. All right, anything else you want to say about mixing? Or are you ready for the rebuttal? I, I just don't know why nobody likes... Mixon, besides, oh, if you're worried about injuries, fine. I, I'll I tell it, you why. Go ahead. All right, so Joe Mixon going as the running back 12. Like I said, pick 18, so you got to take him in the second round. Uh, 2020 finishes the RB31, but that was because of injury. Um, in 2019, he finishes the running back 14, so a pretty good finish there. Um, so Pro Fantasy Focus had him at number 24 O-line for the Cincinnati Bengals. They went ahead and took Jamar Chase instead of Penny Sewell, uh, the offensive lineman I thought they were going to take in the NFL draft. Um, they do have a guy coming back off injury who they took highly in last year's draft. So the offensive line concerns me a bit. Um, just missed 10 games. So, you know, he had a foot injury. We'll see if that foot injury flares up at all. It seemed like they were being careful with him. Uh, it was one of those injuries. You thought he was going to be, be back in three weeks, and it was four weeks, five weeks, and it just kept going, and he never came back. If there's anything that is a predictor of fantasy failure, it is Nick liking you when you were a Cincinnati Bengals player with a foot injury. We all remember A.J. Green. Take a drink. A.J. Green. Nick I thought he was going to be year. great. I said, came back get rid of Mixon when they still thought it was a two-week timetable. So going on um, – this is an interesting thing. So Sports Injury Predictor is not a, a resource I use often, but I just came across an article that hit him at an 83% chance of injury in the 21 season with a likely missing of two games. I don't know how accurate that is. I haven't used it in the past, but it was just something that, you know, it seems like this is an injury that can flare up. He missed two in two weeks, like two years ago, and that was still his best season. I think in his whole career he missed 14 games, I saw when I was doing research. 
Um, so again, that's four games outside of last season. That's not a huge amount of games, but um, he has had a little bit of injury history. He's in a tough division. That's another thing that is just worth noting. Joe Mixon's got to play against the Ravens defense, the Browns defense, and the Steelers defense. If you're somebody who looks at those matchups and it's hard to pull the trigger when that little uh, descriptor is read on like Yahoo or something like that, um, those are tough defenses to run against. Next one, Joe Mixon. So, I'm sorry, not Joe Mixon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the other Joe, the Tiger King. I saw Tiger. Joe Burrow. So, Joe Burrow just got his knee destroyed. Just tore every ligament in there, in there screwed up the meniscus. People are saying, oh, he's going to be back for week one. I don't know if that's true. I don't know what level of limitation he's going to have. Let's say that he comes in and can't start the first couple weeks, and it's another one, as Cincinnati has tend to do, where the injury lingers, and it's going to be a week. Now it's two weeks. Now it's three weeks. That's going to hurt Joe Mixon. That's going to hurt the team's overall production. And Brandon Allen, their backup quarterback, does not inspire a lot of confidence. Uh, I think that the team, they're not going to be great. So they had a ton of passing volume last year, but they actually finished um, 29th in points in 2020. So in that bottom quarter of the league for actual um, points that they produced as a team for actual NFL games, just a lot of red flags with Mixon. I could see him getting a ton. People are projecting a lot of volume. They do have Puka Williams, an undrafted free agent, who uh, probably didn't get drafted because of some concerns with character. And they also got Chris Evans, a guy that they drafted uh, later in the NFL draft. So there are a couple young running backs coming in who might get a little bit of work. Uh, nobody was going to take the job straight out, but they could they could try and develop those guys and get them a little more involved than you realize. They've also got P. Ryan there who uh, can catch the ball a little bit. I just don't know if he could hold up to the workload that people are hoping he's going to have to make him worthy of taking him in that second round as a running back. Um, I don't know. He's shown that he can do it at least twice um, past his rookie season. And last year, and I think Pocket makes a good point, his point totals weren't crazy, but 19 attempts, 16, 17, 25, 24, and 18 in the game he got hurt. And receptions, uh, or targets, let's say, two targets, four, three, six, eight, and three. If you're getting four, six, eight targets a game, plus, you know, 16 to 20, you know, rush attempts, just on volume alone, you're going to be an RB1. That's just that's just how it is. I don't care how inefficient you are. Josh Jacobs did it last year with this type of volume. It doesn't matter how bad the team is, the quarterback, the line. It doesn't matter. If you're getting this amount of workload, you're going to be a, an RB1. That's just how it is. If you play all the games. Um, and I, I just don't – I'm not going to fade the, the workload. They want to go with one guy. They've proven they want to go with one guy. And Joe Burrow, if he is still kind of has a nagging, you know, knee or isn't quite playing, like, who are they going to rely on? Joe Mixon. And in 2019, I'm pretty sure they had Ryan Finley throwing him the ball for basically the whole year and passing it off to him. So it's not like he's had great quarterback play in the past. So, again, we're, we're, we're fading guys because of, you know, bad things. But they've been in this situation their whole career, and they've performed. So I, I'm not too worried about Mixon. And as I think – uh, and full PPR, he is RB14 off the board. I mean, at RB14, I, I'm taking him. I'm taking him. Yeah, I have my concerns. I get it. I get the concern, especially injuries. But as far as, like, the team being bad, the quarterback being potentially bad, like, that's what he's had the whole time. And this is a minor note, but I think I saw it with him last year as well as with Christian McCaffrey. I think those teams, when it was later in the season, they knew they were out of it, they weren't competing, they were – they were hesitant to bring those guys back and give them a lot of work. They're like, I think Joe Mixon, if they were competing and they were going to be in the playoffs, would have been back. I think Christian, if they were going to be, had a shot at making the playoffs, would have been back. So those teams that are going to be out 
early and not need to use up their young running backs who are on contract, it worries me a little bit. Um, Mixon goes against Browns, Ravens, Pittsburgh two times a year just in the division. I understand that, but yeah. is anybody scared of, like, I don't know. Pittsburgh seemed to kind of unravel at the end of the year. Um, the Ravens, I get a little bit. And the Browns, I don't know. I feel like the Browns still aren't I think the Browns' proven. defense is going to be the surprise breakout defense. Of they the very year. well could be, but I'm not going to just buy in right off the gate. They had a good defensive NFL draft. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh, they had uh, their stud linebacker get hurt. Oh, what's his name? But No, let's see. Which the one? The Bush, the linebacker oh, for yeah. Pittsburgh. He went down with an injury. They got rid of Bud Dupree, so they're going to be a little bit less uh, impressive, but they're still going to be you know, very competitive. Yeah, no, I'm not too worried about it. All right, who's next on your list? All right, so it is my turn to make the case for, and the guy that I'm going to be talking about, Brandon Cooks, just being disrespected, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Um, I looked up where he was taken in the actual NFL draft, so it's been you know a number of years, but he was actually taken in the first round with the 20th pick, which I did not realize. He is going as the wide receiver 38th off the board, which is almost criminal with uh, the 93rd pick in a draft. In 2020, he finished as a wide receiver 16. He's had a 1,000-yard season with four different teams. Um, he's the only guy they're going to be able to throw it to. He's going to get the volume. So if you're looking for a comp from last year, who was a good wide receiver, who was the only guy that they could throw the ball to with a bad quarterback? Tamari, uh, I'm sorry, Terry McLaurin. He finished as wide receiver 21 with 134 targets. So I think that that could possibly be the floor area. I think, yeah, I mean, but again, if he finishes... If you get him as a wide receiver 38 off the board and he finishes in the top, you know, 22 wide receivers, you got to steal. Um, at the end of last year when Will Fuller was on suspension, he performed better. He got more fantasy points. So that's a good indicator that, you know, that, you know, people, if you were worried about Fuller going away and him being the guy, you know, it opened up more targets. Uh, 2020, he had zero games missed. I know that Nick's going to bring up the concussion history. In 2019, he missed two games for concussion. Those are the only games he's missed in his uh, – in the past four years for concussion, he has had five concussions in the history of his, uh, I want to say it's five or six year NFL career. So if you want to be a little bit concerned about concussions, I get it. But I think with him missing zero games last year, he's going to be the main target on that team. Tyrod Taylor is not a great quarterback, but he has experience in the NFL. And I think it's just where he's going. People are overlooking him. And if you can grab him as a depth piece or just, you know, your wide receiver three or a flex, I think that he's definitely going to return the value and you're going to be happy you had him. Um, Scary Terry going to be dope, says Sogo. I'm, we almost threw Terry on this, this show is, this because is, I have this some is Terry, Terry. concerns. <laughs> I think we're both actually a little further down on Terry. How right good of now. a quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick? And is he going to be able to sustain? There's been too know, much time. There's been too much time. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be able to support Terry where you're hoping he goes. And he's going high in drafts. Um, all right. So, Tyrod Taylor, right? All right. Tyrod. Career passing. Don't pop my lung, Taylor. 3,000 yards. That's the most he passed for. Deshaun Watson last year threw for 4,600. All right. 4,600 yards. Brandon Cooks with 4,600-yard passing quarterback was 81 for 1150 and six touchdowns. Good for wide receiver 15 on the year. That's pretty good. That I, I I'd like that on my team. Yeah. I can't complain about it's that. It's a very usable piece for where you're getting him. Like, if he, you know, you... The other thing is that team's going to be bad on defense. They're going to be playing catch-up. It's going to be garbage time all the time. And who are they going to throw it to? They're just going to throw it to Cooks a million times is, is what I hope for as a Cooks owner you just have in a, Dynasty. You have a quarterback that's going to throw for two-thirds the yardage of the last quarterback. They're not going to score as much. 
Cooks is just not going to have the same opportunity he had last year because that team is going to be bad. That offense might not even be like on the field at all because the team is just going to be that that team is such a mess right now. I don't want any pieces from that team at all. I just think it's such a garbage fire that I don't know. Do you want David Johnson? Do you want you don't want Tyrod? No, but a wide receiver where the next best wide receiver on the team is like Kiki Kuti. Like he's gonna be what I think it, it Terry McLaurin was last year. A great wide receiver did, on a bad team with bad quarterbacks. Okay, but do you want Crowder from the Jets last year? Crowder, if he was healthy last year, actually put up some monster games as far as points. I'm just saying there, there's not a whole lot to get excited about. I don't about want about him as my offense. wide receiver one, but if no, I can obviously. get him, you know, where he's going in drafts right now, if he stays down, and he's a guy, some of these guys that we're talking about, I think they're going to creep up. I think Cooks could stay right about where he's at because people would be afraid of the Texans. And you write it off, but he is literally one concussion away from retirement. If he gets a concussion, they're not going to let him play football Just anymore. put it on the list, and he'll come back the next week. They're not going to let him play football. The oh, team, that's what they, they said the last him. seven times. Though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, five concussions, you. only missed two games his whole career. I'm telling you. Uh, Fitzmagic can be better uh, than any QB Washington had last year. Imagine Terry with a good QB. Maybe. I, the, the problem Does is, he play the whole year? The problem is he doesn't score touchdowns. Like... He doesn't score touchdowns. He hasn't proven that he can do it yet. Maybe Fitzpatrick gets things going. It's like you want to put your eggs in the basket of a 38-year-old journeyman quarterback coming in and being the guy who has to turn your wide receiver you took in the second round into an all-star. Right. That's my worry. And, and I like I like Terry McLaurin, like his talent and his stats and his like fantasy focus, his separation on versus man coverage versus um, zone. Like he has been. A great wide receiver, what he's done so far. He's 25. But here's the thing. Terry McLaurin, he's still being drafted as wide receiver 11. You're still drafting him. I don't think he does any better than wide receiver 11 or wide receiver 10. So you're still drafting him at his max. I mean, I, I'd i like Keenan Allen, one pick before him, so much more than Terry. Well, so I'll talk more. about the wide receiver that finished one spot ahead of him last year in our half PPR, PPR league uh, is my final guy that I'll defend. But first, let's jump back to Nick. Let's get on to the next guy. The He's next one for four fifty, then one fifty. Awesome plug in. I get it. Uh, big on Terry this year. Fitz will hyper target him. Says Greg. Uh, not if they're not scoring. If they're not moving. Curtis the ball. Samuel comes in. So like, do you think he'll get more targets than last year? That's no way. I'm putting Terry over Evans. There's no way. <sighs> Evans. Evans is so slept on that it's it's not even fun. Call him a mattress. What? All right. Next one we got, Trey Sermon. Uh, so Trey Sermon is a guy that we both kind of like, but I think that the hype's getting a bit out of control. Tell me the case for Trey Sermon. Why is he going to be the breakout? Why should people be excited? Why should you be grabbing him early in your rookie drafts oh in Dynasty? Uh, Trey the Sermon. Preach. Trey Sermon is a steal right now. So let me uh, – I got to get the ADP again. It's way deep. I mean, he's coming out. I'm not sure. What do they got in Marcus? Let's see. All right, 106, RB40. RB40. That's so far down the list. I mean, that's back Antonio Brown. But A.J. Dillon, Michael Pittman, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, Damian Harris, RB1 maybe? Uh, There's, I mean, this is so deep in the draft that he's almost free. Trey Sermon is going to get a a lion's share opportunity here just because of the draft capital alone. Taking in the third round, everybody else on his team is all – UDFAs. They're all undrafted free agents. And uh, you're going to say, okay, Raheem Mostert, he's been valuable in that off. Raheem Mostert in that offense hasn't rushed for more than 750 yards in his entire career there. He's 29. 
He's an undrafted free agent. They spent draft capital on a running back. They're going to use that running back. Uh, I, last year with all the injuries, I think uh, the 49ers finished like 21st in total rushing yards. The year before, they finished second. So if they finish somewhere in the top 10 for as far as rushing yards, which is going to be 500 y- more yards than last year, and you have Trey Sermon in there getting two-thirds of the work, I mean, he's going to be a top 18 running back, top 15 maybe, and you're drafting him at RB40. I mean, that's that's a there's a huge – when you're later in this draft at pick 106, you're looking for, you know – dart throws and there's not really a better dart throw in my mind than Trey Sermon here because if he's the number one running back which he's been drafted like I mean he's the perfect guy I'd want for flex opportunity and a lottery ticket for later in the draft yeah I think that the main case that I agree with is just where he's going right now he's down on the boards uh he's a rookie a lot of times as you get closer to your actual draft people start to discover those rookies they start to do their research now they haven't been addicts, loyal addicts like all of you who've been watching year round, just <laughs> pouring over every stat and every uh, every report out of every you know, just optional training camp and things. Right. Uh, Pagas says Javante over Trey Sermon. And oh yeah, but Javante's just going way. Right, Javante's going to pick sixty-eight. I mean, well, yeah, you have to take him in the fifth or sixth. If you're doing a dynasty startup, so here's the thing about Trey Sermon. Um, before the actual NFL draft, um, when we were just doing our going through and learning about all the rookies. He was kind of the running back eight on a lot of lists as far as the rookie running backs. Um, so right now he's going kind of in that running back five or six. He was getting taken, you know, early third, back of the second round in rookie startup draft. So this is more kind of the dynasty argument. Now he's going as high as like the 9, 10, 11 in the first round of a fantasy draft for rookie rookie uh, my, rookie startup. Sorry, I'm mixing all the drafts together. Did you say mixing? Just a dynasty rookie draft. Um, so just that amount of him creeping up because of the landing spot, I'm going to tell you a couple of the running backs that have gone in that similar, you know, back of the first round where the same kind of thing happened. They were running backs that people were like, okay, he's good. And then they went to a spot and everyone pushed him up the boards because they were excited about the opportunity. Damian Harris. I made this mistake. I took him at, uh, with the 12th pick in the first round and he just, didn't produce at all. Barely got on the field that first year. Second year, people were excited. Got into, like He was a guy that I eventually let go because he wasn't seeing the field at all. I needed to make moves to try and you know compete in the, for a championship again. Another one, Keyshawn Vaughn went to Tampa Bay. Everybody got excited. Oh, he's going to take over Rojo's spot. Came in, never became anything. Daryl Henderson, who, again, I'm a little excited about Daryl Henderson to be part of the timeshare, but not a guy that was worthy of the pick in the first round. Zach Moss running back for uh, the Bills. So guys that got some play, guys who you know their name, guys that are a little bit usable besides Keyshawn Vaughn. The one that did get taken in that range that panned out was Antonio Gibson. But that was largely because Geis got, you know, ousted for his off-the-field stuff. So just when you reach for these running backs at the end of the first round in your rookie drafts, a lot of times you get disappointed and you probably had to pass on wide receivers that had that had a higher you know impact earlier had better upside that you'd much rather have in fantasy right now uh, for dynasty. He's got a new rushing quarterback coming in, so we'll see what that does to the running game. I don't think it's going to hurt it that much, but it's worth noting with Trey Lance. Uh, Mostert's still there. Mostert, you know, they like him when he's played. He's been good. He has had injuries and missed time, but he's still there. He's still the lead running back, and it might take longer than people want for Sermon to supplant him. Gallman and Mitchell, they signed Gallman, who came from uh, New York Giants, who actually had a solid, usable year. 
Uh, Elijah Mitchell is a rookie that they also signed in this draft. So they have another guy who a lot of people were hyped on him and just liked his talent as kind of a sleeper running back going in. So maybe he comes out and looks good and gets more touches than you realize. Um, Trey Sermon was taken with the, the 24th pick in the third round of this NFL draft. So it's good draft capital. It's not great. If you're in the fourth, you're non-existent to Nick. So he was in the third. In so the NFL. There's a chance. Um, he ran a 4.6640, which is good, not great. Um, and that's comparing him to, you know, Mostert, who's running just blazing fast. I think that <laughs> Mostert's not running. I like fast. Sermon if you can get him as low as he's going right now for his average draft position and redraft. I would just pump the brakes in rookie drafts for Dynasty because I think people are getting too excited and taking him too high and passing on some talented wide receivers that are going to be more useful. If you want to zig while everybody zags and when they go all RB at the beginning and you want to go zero RB. Trey Sermon's the perfect candidate to draft late. I mean, if, if you're going quantity over quality, uh, Trey Sermon is, is a steal at 40. Is a steal at 40. All right. All right. All right. So the last one that I'm going to talk about, guy, um, a lot of the guys that I have were just kind of some dynasty guys that I've got, so I've been looking at their long-term outlook. Juju Smith-Schuster, he is getting a little bit disrespected right now. So wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um he was taken in the second round of the NFL draft when he was a rookie. Um, so he's actually only 24 years old. So he's had four years in the league. Um, he's going as the wide receiver 30 off the boards with the 73rd pick. So in the sixth round and in 2020, he finished as the wide receiver 20. Um, so again, this is his fifth year in the league for his touchdowns. His first year, rookie year, um, 2017, seven touchdowns, 2018, 17 touchdowns, 2019, this was his down year. He got injured, missed multiple games. Big Ben got injured. He missed time. Uh, so they had, what was it? Is it Mason Rudolph? You know, just trash quarterbacks. Duck Duck Hodgins, is that the other? Excuse guys me? whose names aren't worth remembering. So in uh, 19, only had three touchdowns. But this last year in 2020, he had nine touchdowns. Finished as the wide receiver, 20 and a half point PPR. He finished... One spot ahead of Terry McLaurin. If you just had heard that, hey, Juju Smith-Schuster finished as a better wide receiver in half PPR than Terry McLaurin, you might not believe it, with, especially with the hype right now and where people are kind of valuing these guys. He finished above DJ Moore. He finished above Cooper Cup. So the situations have changed a little bit for some of those guys, but his situation is largely the same. People think that Claypool is going to come in and be an all-star. Clay, Claypool might be the most overrated wide receiver in Dynasty, or in in maybe not as much Dynasty, but in redraft right now. He had one giant blow-up game that everybody remembers and excuse everything. The end of his season was not great. He was not getting a ton of targets. The targets he was getting, he wasn't catching them all. Um, and Deontay Johnson, he got... Claypool? Yeah. Chase Claypool. Let's see. I'm trying to look at... I think we can pull him up real quick. And I'll just read off like his last... Chase Claypool had like 11 touchdowns. Uh, Four of them came in one game, though. He had 11 then... touchdowns. 11 touchdowns. Uh, 109 targets, 62 receptions for 873 yards. Um, and he had two rushing touchdowns as well. He He's responsible for, for 13. I don't think he gets 11 touchdowns next year. I mean, he's hyper-efficient. He is a, a mismatch to pretty much everybody. I mean, he's... So here are his like last... Six game finishes when they went. These are against better defenses. So uh, week 12, 8.2 points. Week 13, 4.8. Week 14, 3. Week 15, 6.3. Week 16, 7.4. And then he finally got another game where he had some decent stats against Cleveland uh, for 18.6. So out of the last six games of the NFL season, he gave you one good game. I just think that 
people are overly hyped on Claypool, and no, a lot I, of it is that one monster game. I, I understand that, but you got to look at the targets here, especially starting week th- four. 11, 4, 1, 9, 13, 10, 8, 9, 4, 6, 8, 6, 11. I mean, for targets for a rookie with no preseason, that's pretty freaking good, man. Now, read the last, what? Well, like six games. Yeah. 11, 6, 8, 6, 4, The last nine. six games. Yeah, that's the last six. Are we reading this them the in reverse order? Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, All right. This is the beginning of the season when with no preseason coming right in. And starting week four, 11, 4, 1, I think nine, he's going to be more touchdown eight. dependent than people think. And let's look at Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Deontay got a lot of targets. had a couple drop issues. Got benched for a little bit. Deontay, he was a third-round pick in the NFL draft. I think that all these guys hurt each other a little bit. But Here's Deontay Johnson from the beginning of the season. 10, 13, 2, 1, 15, 3, 10, 11, 16, 13, 12, 7, 13, 14, 4. I mean, just... Just a ton of freaking targets. Like, if, if we want to talk about Deontay Johnson, I'm down. Uh, let's go to the chat. Banjo, the story was he was being rested at the end of the year to avoid rookie wall. I don't know if I believe that, but sure. They were making a playoff uh, run, and I don't buy it at all. All about Deontay and Claypool this year. Uh, would not be surprised if Juju is traded before the season starts. Um, nah, wait, Juju, Juju plays in the NFL? I thought he was a TikToker. Exactly. He's already changed careers. Uh, we're still talking about him. Hey, he um, finishes the wide receiver 20. I think he could be about in that range again. He's on a team he's familiar with. The Pittsburgh Steelers had the most passing attempts in the NFL last year. They got Najee coming in, so we'll see what that does to their offense. Um, you got to think that they're going to have opportunities. Um, I, I Here's just, the other thing yes. about, about um, Juju. So in 2018, he had the 1,426-yard season. So you know he's capable of that. But I think that people... That was with Antonio Brown on the team. People got excited about Juju, and they just... Because he didn't sustain that pace and become, like, an elite guy, everybody's like, oh, Juju sucks. But really, Juju is right in that, you know, wide receiver two range. He always finishes about there. He gets good touchdowns. He gets good targets. Um, Let's see. I think I had his targets. He had 128 targets in 2020 for 97 receptions. It's very respectable. People are sleeping on Juju. I'm not saying that he's going to be, you know, that monster that, you know, Calvin Ridley, the guy that wins you your season. But don't just think that Juju sucks. Juju doesn't suck. Juju is very serviceable. He's a good wide receiver. People are bashing him for the TikTok. I don't love the TikTok stuff, but like here, here's that's not ruining. We him. Run there the are ones way here. worse here's, habits you could have. Here's Juju's targets from the beginning of the year. Uh, six, seven, four, four, oh, sorry, six, eight, five, five, four, 14, eight, seven, 13, five, nine, 10, seven, six, 13, eight. Like those targets still aren't terrible. Like I'm still interested in a player with, with that amount of targets, but he just didn't do a ton with them. He didn't, uh, he still had nine touchdowns. So he had nine touchdowns and still finished what wide receiver 18 or 20. I mean, that's, that's just not good enough. He's not getting enough done as far as yardage. He had some big drops during the year, and it just didn't seem like he was into the game as much as Claypool and Deontay. I just don't see – and we haven't even talked about Big Ben. Big Ben, in his final season, who didn't even make it through last year barely, like, I just don't see him doing well this year either. I mean, he's, he looked poor. He looked washed. He looked poor in that one playoff game that people watched, and that skewed it. People forget that they started, what, 13-0? and yeah, they weren't a bad yeah, team. but they destroyed 13 no because finished of the... They poorly because they of the defense. They faced some tougher defenses at the end of the year. Um, someone in the chat, let's see. So Sogo says that Juju's numbers aren't bad, um, but he'd still prefer Landry to Juju. I think that's a mistake. I think going with 
a wide receiver, even though there's competition with Claypool and Deontay, the top passing volume offense versus the Browns, which is going to be in the bottom quarter of the league for pass attempts this year. I think they're going to have a good team. I think they'd be good for NFL. I think they're going to have a good defense, but I think the Browns are not going to air it out. Um, this is with OBJ coming back. He's going to take away from Jarvis. I like Jarvis as a player. I don't like him for fantasy this year. Um, I think that would be a mistake. I think I'd much rather have Juju. And another case for Juju is he's 24. He's put up good numbers. He is going to be a free agent at the end of next year. So my hope is that he, you know, this year the cap kept everything down. I don't think he got the money offers that he was hoping for. He likes playing in Pittsburgh. Um, he could go to another team where his value skyrockets. And if he goes to another team, it's hard if, to see a spot where it's going to drop a lot more than where he's people believed in him, he would have gotten, gotten a contract. I mean, Nelson he had offers got like $14 and he million down. He got, a year. He got an offer from the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs, and he turned them down. I think he's betting on himself to have a good year. So I think that Juju... I'll take the under. Don't don't sleep on him. He's not getting it. Juju to Detroit? He would not, get volume. The, but like, the thing is, Juju, he's shown that he can't be the one. Where does like Juju land, though? Because you know he's not going to go to the Ravens because he turned that down. Like, I think that no matter where he goes next year, he's going to be 25-year-old wide receiver on a new team. Like, his value in Dynasty, it's not going to go down from this year. Oh, absolutely. I don't think so. We, there's uncertainty with where he's going to land. Of course he's going to go, like, down. You have no idea what spot he's – he could go to the Texans. I mean – the Texans could just say, hey, we're just going to spend a bunch of money on a wide receiver, bring Juju into town, and Juju can basically just retire. People are low on Juju right now, though. I've tried to, I have shopped him around in Dynasty just to see where everybody's he, at. He hasn't done anything. I think that he's a buy right now. You can you can check into it yourself, take a look at the stats. He wrote the coattails of Antonio Brown and hasn't performed since. He could be a great, again, if he can go to another offense where they realize, oh, he was great when he had another, you know, star wide receiver on the other side of the field. Maybe a team like uh, the Falcons sign him next year and Calvin can be the opposite of Calvin. Maybe well, how's he going to do that? Maybe is a the Vikings decide that one. they like uh, Jefferson and then Thielen's out of there and he comes in there. there. There's a lot of situations. I think that now is the buy low point for Juju. Odell Beckham Jr. will finish higher than Juju this year. Ah, just ah, disagree. He will. This the passing volume for the Steelers versus the passing volume of the Browns is going to be a wide wide margin between those two teams. Because the Steelers had the most pass attempts last year, and the Cleveland Browns, I think, are going to pass less than they did last year, and they were already, I believe, in the bottom quarter of teams for Pocket passing. says Deontay Johnson over A.J. Brown. No way. No way. No, no. no. <laughs> no. no see, that's exactly what I tried to say at the start of the show. Too don't, far. Don't, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Too far. No, A.J. Brown ahead of uh, Juju. All right, let's wrap this up. We got one more, right? Yes, so your last player is the guy that you all came to hear about. This is Judge Judy. Jerry Judy. So Jerry Judy is a guy, I'll preface it, I tried hard to buy in Dynasty. I offered, I think, a first-round pick. And uh, why am I defending him? And my other guy, Ronald Jones, for a uh, like a second-round pick in Judy. But now... I'm kind of happy the guy didn't accept because I've been diving <laughs> into it and I've been looking at the case for Judy and this is, we'll go at it from a, a redraft perspective. So not a dynasty look at Jerry Judy. Um, I'll just give a quick background. Yeah. Um, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Um, he would finish his, in, let's see, 28th in total points. Um, oh, I'm sorry, never mind. I, I was getting 44. into my case for him. So, yeah, what, where did he finish last I got him year? as a uh, 44 and a half point. All right, so this year. is the average draft position. Now where he's finished last year. What? 44. Why did receiver 44? Last year. That was last year. Okay. 
I don't know where you're going. I was this. asking you, is, is 44 <laughs> his finish last year yes. or his average draft position where yes. he's going off for this no, year? No, no. 44 is where he went or is where he finished last year, and he's going off at wide receiver 39. Okay. Um, Thank you. We got there. We yeah, got yeah, there. Yeah. No, I, I was here the whole time. You you just caught up. You just caught up. Pocket asked for a Marcy drop. Is she here? Uh, she is not. She is not. Then no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You tell her to get here yeah. if she wants her drop. And she she her friend ghosted me on the, the graphic stuff, so. Oh, Marcy's on the the low on the totem pole right now. Oh, no, no drop no. for her. No drop for her. It's a drop. <laughs> All right, so we always say the the rookie, you know, numbers that we want to see for their their first year out is 550 yards receiving. Wow. Hey, if if you watch this back, Marcy, <laughs> this is for you. Marcy's <laughs> here. Oh, there she is. She's here. What's up with your friend not talking to Nick? I huh? know what it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I this just, man can did, only take so many girls' friends not talking to him before he just packs it in and goes home. Like, <laughs> come on. I don't even want the graphics anymore. <laughs> I don't even want them anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, do we give her the drop? I don't even know. Mm. Oh, let's see Fine. here. Fine. Just we, give it to her. We can't stay mad at you. Yeah. You've been here the whole time? <laughs> yeah. You're just now chatting? I mean, this is pocket on a on a fake Marcy account. Check the she's on a <laughs> date with like an AirPod in, yes. just watching yes. stream. We'll give I you the it. rundown. Uh, you can set me up, pocket. All right, we might have to talk. That's not even my friend. She was recommended to me. Gotcha. All right, we'll we'll talk to the other guy. She was washing her hair. So um, all right, so the rookie numbers we're usually looking for is 550 yards to 600 yards and over 200 targets. Jerry Judy eclipsed both those numbers. Had 850 yards and only three touchdowns. Uh, again, I'm going back to my, my, my stat yards per route run. So bold strategy cotton. Let's see if so, it pays off for him. Jerry Judy finished yards per route run at 1.72, which is not that two mark, but 1.72 is still in that very good caliber, which means they're going to have usually on average one to two wide receiver one seasons and a couple wide receiver two seasons. Uh, he had also had. I think 14 or 16 drops last year. He he had an issue dropping the ball, and I will concede that. But again, you, you got to remember he didn't have any preseason games last year. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Uh, no preseason games last year. Getting up to speed. Didn't have a one number one wide receiver on the other side, and had Drew Lock passing the ball. I think his uh, catch percentage was like 62.8 percent. Like the amount of targets he got, only 62.8 percent were catchable. So on top of that, he had the drops. I'm still pretty high on Judy. I think with without if he would have caught most of those 14, I think that puts him up towards that two mark. And I'm, I'm a believer. Uh, we got Cortland Sutton coming back this year to take some of the pressure off. I'm thinking, and Teddy Bridgewater. I, I got to think that's an improvement over Drew Lock. Drew Lock has not been good, uh, and I think Bridgewater can can eclipse him. He's got one more yards per pass attempt than Drew Lock. And actually, the Broncos last year, compared to their first year, I think they had 60 more pass attempts. So if they keep going higher on pass attempts and they could throw Teddy in there and they're a little more competitive, I see Judy finishing higher than his ADP. I, I think he finishes somewhere around the 20 to 25 mark later in the wide receiver twos, which you're drafting at wide receiver 40. So I think there's still a lot of meat on the bone, as they say. Yeah, no, I like I like Jerry Judy uh, going into the and only three touchdowns. The process before reverse touchdown regression before he landed on Denver. But here's my case against him. So yep. Denver finished 28th in total points last year as a football team. Um, the things that were bad for for Jerry, I think, are pretty 
continue to be bad, and some of the things that were you know possibly positive for him are going away. So bad quarterback situation. Drew Locke, I looked at uh, Pro Fantasy Focus, and for 2021, they ranked the QBs, and they have Drew Locke ranked as the 32nd best quarterback uh, for an NFL team. So as of right now, it sounds like he's going to at least get the chance to start the year is what I'm hearing. Uh, that could change. Teddy Bridgewater, so if you're wondering about him, um, he had an okay year last year, and the best the wide receiver on his team ended up being DJ Moore for fantasy, who finishes wide receiver 22 on the year. Um, so that's just worth noting kind of what what kind of maybe the ceiling for a wide receiver with Teddy is. Um, Cortland Sutton comes back. That's the big thing that a lot of people are worried about. Cortland is getting drafted before him in redraft. Um, in 2019, so the year before last, he had 124 targets. So Sutton comes back. He's going to demand targets. A lot of people think that he's going to be either the 1A to, the, to Judy's 1B, but they like him on that team a lot. Another situation with uh, Denver, they have good running backs. So they drafted a good rookie. They still have Melvin Gordon, who I think has a little bit of juice left. They're going to run the ball, and I think they should be effective with it. Their defense is pretty good. So their defense on Bleacher Report is ranked number nine going into the season, so the ninth-best defense, good running game. They have uh, Fangio, who was a former Bears defensive coordinator, defensive-minded guy. I think they want to win a little more with the grinding it out. They also drafted another wide receiver, Seth Williams, who I liked going into the draft process. They took him in the sixth round, but just another guy there. They've got Hamler. So they've got some other talented wide receivers who are going to get some targets. Their tight end is very good, Noah Fant. He's going to get targets. He's going to get those red zone targets, which takes away from that uh, touchdown upside for Judy. Three touchdowns. And that was with him being really kind of the best wide receiver on that core all through last year, through the majority of last year after Sutton went out. I don't know that the touchdowns are going to come. So just bad quarterback situation, worried about the touchdowns, worried about all the other targets and miles to feed. Don't know that the offense is going to gel and be good. Yards per route run. Yards per route run. He's got that <laughs> going for him. So the more I looked at Judy... I kind of am happy that I that, that, that trade offer didn't go through. I think that for Dynasty, though, it's still intriguing because you believe in the talent, you believe in the skill set, and if all of a sudden things change quickly, if they get in the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is still one that, you know, maybe he goes to goes to Denver, and then I think well, then... It, so again, Drew Locke's at the and, bottom. You're at, yes. He's at the bottom. The bottom. Any any improvement That's the is worst. improvement. Like, you know what I mean? It's, there's only, you can only go up. That's it. Uh, I agree. And the three touchdowns is scary. But again, first year, rookie season, weird COVID year. He he hit the qualifier with 850 yards. Decent on target. I think he averaged seven and a half targets per game. I'm not fully out on him. And again, you're, you're drafting him at his, his floor, basically, at wide receiver 40. So I, I think there's still... Uh, still some room to grow here. The chat's popping off. All, All right. right, good. Let's let's, let's not neglect the chat. the chat. We're sorry, chat. I'm trying uh, to make Marcy a case deleted here. her bumble. Oh no, uh, we got that. Uh, Viper's in here. Welcome in, Viper. The bumble fumble. Uh, uh, if Broncos lose their quarterbacks to injury again, uh, and a wide receiver throws in the ball, I might consider Judy. There you go. Uh, <laughs> we got. We didn't even talk about that. Is they had a wide receiver throwing the ball for a week. It's not a great idea. Uh, did you see that receiver also post on Twitter? He goes, someday I'm going to have to explain to my kid what negative QBR is, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Ask Drew Locke. Um, C-U-W of oh, fanboy? Q-O fanboy? I don't know what it is, but Q-O. welcome in. I remember you've hey. been here before. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, Banjo, isn't Drew Locke the kingdom in Shrek? Uh, <laughs> Drew Locke is. Marcio Drew Locke is. Drew Locke is. 16 viewers. Yeah, please, we're killing please. it tonight. Welcome in. Welcome in. If you guys oh, got any uh, questions, bring them in. Bring them in. Uh, let's see. 
Let's this job's going to be tough if we get popular enough. We can't keep up with the shit. I know. I know. I, I don't even know what to do here. Uh, let's see here. Buy low on Judy because who knows? Maybe a, a, four to, a QB? I think that, that is good advice. Yeah. If you can buy Judy in Dynasty now and you're willing to wait a year, if you're in a little bit of a rebuild, if you can get him. I made an offer. The owner is in a rebuild, and I, it makes sense. If you're rebuilding right now and you got Judy, it makes sense to hold him because he's a young guy. You can wait a year. Maybe the situation gets better for him. Uh, maybe the hype gets going and you can sell him for more. So I think... I think Judy, yeah. If you can buy him low, I would do that in Dynasty. Pocket says I don't trust any Broncos wide receivers. I like Sutton though. I mean, he's he's going higher than I'm comfortable. For many with of the same. Year, that's why Sutton and Judy are going so low. Are the case that I laid out. Either one of them could pop off and overproduce. If they're going low enough, I think you can take the chance. If you you know you're trying to just add some depth pieces of guys with upside. But there are a lot of reasons why they won't have giant fantasy years. Yeah, that's just my worry is like you got Font there, you have Judy, you have Sutton, and you have a low passing offense. I, I That's the thing that scares me is I think only two of the three can be valuable. And really, you know, the tight end, if he is somewhat used, then he'll be a tight yes. end one. So. Take Juju over Judy this year in Rejeff. That's good advice. Yes. Mitch I would Trubisky actually. could be a Bronco in 22. Keep um, baby. Who, who would you like then? Judy or Sutton? I mean, no, Mitch Trubisky, unless he develops under the tutelage of the, the Bills. You good? Yeah, no, I'm good. Man, I, I play that drop and Nick starts breaking stuff. Yeah, uh, it's back. I don't like where the microphones are. Uh, Mitch isn't the worst quarterback in the league. I, I, I still think Mitch is a startable quarterback in the NFL. Oh, uh, just don't want to. Sogo says he'd rather take Judge Judy than Jerry Judy. This is Judge Judy. See, now all the viewers oh, are going to leave because of the terrible drops. Drop. <laughs> I got it for you. I'm okay with that. I'm on the board. I'm reacting oh, as fast as I can. Fitzpatrick in December 2022. I mean, why not? Hey, you know what? <laughs> why not? Denver, they could, they could turn to the draft, but they... Did they trade away some draft picks in this? I can't remember exactly how it all played out with them, but yeah, I think they're going to regret. Denver could have taken a quarterback. Regret passing didn't. on superstar fields in this draft. Oh, for sure. My phone is terrible. Yeah, Vipers with the with the spelling errors, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, it's Chase, not a spelling podcast. Is <laughs> Thank goodness. because I'm you a would terrible speller awful. myself. Uh, is Chase worth drafting as a wide receiver too? I, I don't think you need to draft him as exactly. a wide receiver If too. you can get him where he's going as of right now, um, we have had a lot of talented wide receivers in the in redraft, though, that you get them, and it takes a while. Even Justin Jefferson, who had, like, a historically great season, it took him, like, two games to get going. If you can, if your team's solid enough that you can go ahead and not desperately need him to be a wide receiver, too, in the first half of the year, the first couple games, then I like it. But if you were relying from the go and you lose those first couple games... Jamar Chase is coming off at wide receiver 27. So I, I think you can get him for... Oh, Bear Fan Paul, will no offense ever be a top five tight end ever? Yes. Yeah, it's definitely within the, the realm of possibilities. Well, He's had some injuries and kind of battled through. There's and, only a 10-point difference between, you know, where he was before and a top five. Where did he finish last year again? Wide receiver, or tight end 12. 12, okay. But he missed some games because so, yeah. of injury and some other stuff. Uh, Fant's a very solid tight end in Dynasty. If you don't have one of those elite guys where you don't get that positional advantage, if you're looking for that next tier of guys... The, the, Fant's very good. The worry is Drew Locke loves Noah Fant. So if he keeps going to, like, if Locke's not the guy, I don't know that Teddy will will hyper-target him 
in the same situation. But Van gets red zone looks as well. I, and I Teddy, don't hate him. Teddy is interesting because the situation last year with the Panthers, he did not target the tight end. They don't have a very good tight end. They have Ian Thomas. No. Uh, that team did target Greg but, Olson when he, was, when he was there. So it's interesting just a note that he didn't target the tight end a lot last year. He didn't target really Kyle Rudolph either for the Vikings except for the red zone. So – it could be an interesting thing there. I think Fant's more red zone capable than yardage capable. But, but Fant is young for a tight end. Uh, the tight yeah, ends, he's good. they're starting he's to, to kind of get that narrative of taking a long time to develop four years. Fant, he was, he's fairly new. He's good. Um, Hawkinson, he's, what is this? His, but again, both highly drafted. Yeah, like they're but they're younger guys that have developed quicker than some of those more classic tight ends. Right, but even still, the difference between Hawkinson and Fant, who finished that the back end as a tight end one was only 20 points different. Banjo so bringing up Albert O. So Albert mush. O, tight end that they drafted last year, had injuries this past year. He had a, a little, showed a little bit before he got injured, but he's not going to overtake Fant. By the way, when we went live, I think the footballers rebroadcast had like six viewers and we have 18. So thanks everybody for hanging there out. There you go. Beat the footballers. Better. Take that. <laughs> Get wrecked. <laughs> You're no, right. That's all right. They're doing an AMA on Reddit, so I mean. Yeah, when we catch them on YouTube, then we can start gloating. Yeah. Um, so Cole Check Komet, out the YouTube. Good plug. Cole Komet, tight end two? I don't think so. Jimmy Graham is still on the team. People forget. Jimmy actually finished pretty well last year and uh, had a number of touchdowns. They used him in the red zone. I think Cole's a solid player. I don't know. Tight end two, though, depending on, you know, he could tight, top, tight end two. That's a pretty, pretty low bar. He could sneak in there, but he's not going to be... Not going to be psyched you have Cole Komet this year, I don't think. I don't think so. Cole Komet could finish anywhere between 5 and 20. And again, no, I don't matter. think 5 is within the realm of possibilities. I think 10 or lower. That's how good Fields is. I don't, I don't see him going tight end a lot. No? I just, Cole Komet, their offensive system. I feel like there's too much smoke to not like Komet a little bit. I think he could easily finish a, a tight end one. Um, I just, again, there's just so much. There's so little difference between tight end 5, 6, 12, 15. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, they just record the podcast and don't respond to chat, so that probably makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's, that's right. True. If you want if you want attention and personalized jo- drops, you got you to gotta come here. You're <laughs> you not getting that from the football. Straight to the source. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you, you get a haircut? Marcy wants to know if you got a haircut. All of them. Uh, there's oh a dead joke for dad. you for free. Uh, yes, and I that's did. when they stop. Thanks watching. for noticing. <laughs> I need to get a haircut so bad, but I just uh, keep putting it off. I did quit my job, though. Screw so the flow. There you go. So now the beard, the hair, it's just going to be going forever. So we want to do a, three more streams a week. Just let me know. I'll come on here solo <laughs> yes. and talk more fantasy football. All right. You heard it. Or video games. Or video games. All right. Any more questions before we start wrapping her up here? Uh, Viper with the emotes. I like the emotes. We're, we still need recommendations for our, our emote here. We... we I haven't we found might, one that I like. Love. I'm tempted to wait in season as the the storylines, the emotes, and yeah. the hand gestures emerge as we find what we like and what works for us. Yeah, quit my <laughs> job. Didn't like the boss. <laughs> Go figure. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of pulled the Aaron Rodgers. Did you? Okay. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'm holding out. I'm holding out on my current. You boss. done messed up, Aaron. Yeah. Cram it up your cram hole. That does that drop get? I said the exact same thing when I saw. It's like, do, congrat, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like divorce. No happy marriage ever ended in divorce. Yeah, know? see if no, you can get him a no Nintendo job. Well enjoyed job never ended with quitting. Uh, I guess if you find a better one. Uh, alrighty, I don't think I have any. 
the one thing that I found interesting on this post here is Tom Brady had a nine-year span in his career where he didn't win a Super Bowl. He essentially matched Kurt Warner's career stats and accomplishments during that time. So Tom Brady has two careers worth of production. Uh, does have a happy version. Uh, how will the baby eat? Uh, luckily, I have support. And Mike is just going to feed my baby all the time. I yep. need more grocery money, Mike. <laughs> the milk's going bad. <laughs> Uh, emote milk. scamper. We could uh, get a scamper emote. I don't know if I have milk was a bad choice on here. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm pretty sure you do. I'm uh, pretty I've sure got so many drops accumulated now. That's not one that usually I have like an opening to throw out there. No, but man, no. today was the day and I missed it. I apologize. Oh man. All right, I got this one for you for the food though. Ma, the meatloaf. There it is. <laughs> there it is. All right, things have gone completely off the rails. Thank you all for coming in. Uh, yeah, if you're checking us out on YouTube, hit a like. You like that? You like that? Or hit the like. I mean, we have people here that probably don't watch often. Uh, during the in-season, we do like a fancy football, like red zone, uh, play-by-play kind of action during the afternoon game. So from 12 to about 4, uh, we stream and give you play-by-play fantasy updates. And we stream also Monday nights during the season, uh, kind of do like a week wrap up. And uh, <laughs> have we Monday not announced your your uh, your marriage? <laughs> no, yeah, no, we got married a couple months ago. <laughs> uh, I have a T-shirt that has a athletic tape wrapped around his fears on a mouse and it says "fancy football injury." Yeah, no, I like that. Let's. I, I got to see that Viper. Are you in the Discord, Marcy? Where's the Discord link? Get there these people go. in the Discord. All right, link. we'd be happy to have you. Um, yeah, we just put so little, your little updates in there for going live. Uh, at the end of last season, we did put our the best ball tournaments link in there. Uh, if we ever do some drafts where we have the you know the the community involved, we'll throw those in there so you can get a spot in there. So yeah, the Discord, I enjoy it. Again, we just a place to to get some attention. <laughs> yeah, Viper, I don't know if that link works. I don't know. I, it should, but I feel like it's old and it won't work anymore. I, I can get you a fresh one. Here you go. Oh. There you go. Boom. Boom. Yeah. We get to see our that name. wasn't quite it, but about we're going to figure it out. Yeah, we'll get it done. Um, all righty. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, join us in the Discord. We can chat a little bit longer if you guys want to hang out. Other than that, you got anything else? No, I appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out on a Tuesday. Uh, yeah, we're just getting excited. It's getting closer. I it's know. coming. You can tell by our viewers that we're getting closer it's to the season. happening. Like. All right. Well, we'll see you done. next time around. Thank you. There you go. Pocket subscribe for sure. There you go. All right. Thank you. Have a good one, everybody.